BCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the internet at bcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And friends, thank you for joining us on Crosstalk today. Israel is being targeted. On October 7th, it was targeted by Hamas out of Gaza. Missiles have been launching uh, since that time. They've also been launched from Lebanon, from Hezbollah. The Jewish press reported just a short while ago that Yemen's Iran-baked Houthi rebels reportedly have formally declared war on Israel. We're seeing uprisings in cities around the world that are pro-Hamas, anti-Israel. Today, Muslims have warned Europe to stop supporting Israel. President Erdogan of Turkey has stated that Hamas are liberators, not terrorists. Jewish stores in France have been labeled with Stars of David. And as reported in the Daily Express out of the UK, according to his former speechwriter, Vladimir Putin has turned on Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu as he sees Israel as Russia's enemy. Yesterday, Israel's prime ministry, a minister said in a statement, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that there's a time for peace and a time for war. This is a time for war. As we get underway with our program today, let me share the first five verses from Psalm 83. Keep not thou silence, O God, hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God, for lo, thine enemies have made a tumult, and they that hate thee have lifted up thy head. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, Come and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. Our guest today on Crosstalk, we welcome back Gary Frazier, a respected speaker and writer on the subject of Bible prophecy, the founder and president of Discovery Missions, the author of numerous books, including uh, Miracle of Israel, subtitled The Shocking Untold Story of God's Love for His People. Dr. Frazier, thank you for joining us today. Jim, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. So we're looking at this topic today, Target Israel, Israel and the Crosshairs. If you would, Dr. Frazier, unfold for us the significance of what is taking place and and why is it that Israel is being targeted? Well, Jim, I I, uh, regrettably have to say that today, as we witness what's happening in the streets of America and then, of course, from college campuses, and, and then in addition to that, in the greater sense around the world, as you've already referenced a moment ago, we have to be reminded that, you know, why is it that there is such a, a tumultuous state uh, of, of hatred concerning the Jewish people? And, and, you know, in order to fully understand that, we've got to go back to what the Word of God says in the very beginning. You know, God created the earth. He saw that everything was good. But in Genesis 6, we find that he destroys that because of evil and violence in the world. In fact, most people may not even realize this, but in Genesis 6, the word violence is the Hebrew word Hamas, so it's actually in the Scripture that is Hamas. But having said that, God determines he's going to do a new thing. And so in Genesis 12, he tells Abram to leave his country, go to a land that he will show him. Well, well what land was that? And so I know today that, unfortunately, results tell us, or statistics tell us, rather, that results from comprehensive tests in colleges and many times in our high schools as well Students are lacking in the areas of mathematics, literature, and especially in history. And sadly, they're out here marching in the streets and screaming death to the Jews, and they don't even understand what this is really all about and why they have this inbred hatred of the existence of the nation of Israel. But God leads Abraham down to this land that was occupied by the ancient Canaanites who sacrificed their children to the fire god Molech. They worshipped a plurality of gods, and God decided to do a new thing, and so you know, just miraculously, when Sarah was 90 and Abraham's 100, Isaac is born. And prior to that, of course, uh, Sarah had a bright idea of, uh, you know, having a child uh, through the handmaiden Hagar, and Ishmael was born. But, but fast forward, what is interesting about this, God enters into a special covenant relationship with Abraham concerning the land. And this land that today is the land bridge between, you know, uh, Europe and, and of course, Turkey in the north, rather, and and Egypt in the south, only 55 miles from the Mediterranean to the Jordan River. 
fit inside the peninsula of, of Florida between Orlando and Miami, about the size of the state of New Jersey, not quite 9 million people, and yet every day, you know, people are calling for the destruction of the Jewish people and taking away their one homeland. You know, I hope our listeners know that there are 22 Muslim countries, okay? There's one tiny nation of Israel. But Israel exists today because of the promise that God made through Abraham concerning the land. And he gets very specific in the Bible. Now, here's the problem. The Muslims say that Jews wrote the Bible, so they disregard it totally. But it doesn't matter whether they believe it or not. The reality is the Creator God did this, put the Jews in this land, but more importantly, he promised that even though they would fail to be obedient, they would be scattered into all the parts of the world, and they were in 70 A.D., but God promised he'd gather them up and bring them back and put them in their land in the last, in the, the last days, and that's what we witnessed May 14, 1948. Mm-hmm. But here is what people don't understand. In Amos 9, verses 11 through 15, God simply states that he's going to gather the Jews back up, put them in their land, uh, prosper them, and then the here's the key, never again to be uprooted from their land. Hmm. So here's the situation we're faced with today. And you can jump in, of course, any time, Jim. Sure. You know, you've, you've interviewed me a number of times. You know, yes. I'm like the ever-ready bunny, just loose him and let him go, you know. Mm-hmm. But that said, the bottom line here is that we are on the threshold of something totally unique, totally different than any conflict that has ever occurred before. You began today by reading Psalm 83, and of course, those, that was a conflict that was in the time of David, and David obviously defeated his enemies, the, the near enemies of Israel. But we have another conflict that the Bible talks about, and that is in Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39. Yeah. And as you know, Jim, in that passage, we have a conflict whereby a Russian leader leads a coalition of Muslim nations against Israel. How can we say that? Because it it doesn't read that way in the Bible. How does it read? It talks about a man uh, called Gog of a country called Magog. Well, we know Gog is a is a word Hebrew word that means rosh or head of, and Magog was an ancient country. But Herodotus, the father of the fifth century, I mean the father, many consider to be the father of ancient history, in the fifth century B.C. told us and identified where the Magogians lived, and it's the same place where Russia exists today. And and so, and, and this is what's so sh- yeah this is what's so shocking because I mean well I shouldn't say shocking I mean to those who are students of the Bible in looking at Ezekiel thirty eight but many just seeing all of a sudden this random news because Vladimir Putin you know the head of uh, you know the Rosh of Magog in in right. today's setting has been keeping middle ground between Israel and Iran but now now all of a sudden this this change and according to a speechwriter. Uh, is is building this hatred against Israel. Well, part of the hatred in Israel is, of course, as you know, Russia has the largest supply of natural gas in the world, and they've used that to feed uh, the, the European nations. But any time a European nation gets crossways with them, they cut their supply off. Well, Israel had a major discovery of a large natural gas uh, supply in the recent years, and so now they've stepped in and started fulfilling those needs, and that's angered Russia greatly. But more importantly... Let's be aware that Russia and Iran have entered into a military agreement, Mm -hmm. along with, and Syria as well, I might add. And what our people need to understand about that is that that means that if if anyone attacks Iran, Russia is obligated to become a part of that. It also, in that same thing as I said a moment ago, applies to Syria. So here we have on the northern border of Israel, in Syria, war-torn because of the civil war, since 2011, we have 16 Russian military bases. We have the S-400 missile defense system operating in Syria. We have a contingency of the Iranian National Guard, the elite Iranian Guard forces in Syria, perched on the northern border of Israel. So now, Israel in the last months, and for some time now, have been pretty preoccupied with the northern border because that's where the trouble normally comes. You know, look in the Bible. Over and over and over, the attackers of Israel came from the north, for the most part. Well, having said that, while they're doing that, Iran is funneling uh, guided missile systems and so forth into Gaza. They're arming Gaza and getting ready 
for what they're going to do in this diversionary situation. And so Israel was caught totally off guard on October the 7th. They were looking north with not paying much attention to the south. Well, bottom line is the south, that was just a precursor to what they intended to do. That was to get Israel's attention. That was to detract from the north and move them into Gaza. I'm going to tell you, there's an attack coming from the north, Hmm. and it's coming soon. And Russia is going to be heavily involved. Now, here's the thing. If my understanding of biblical prophecy after 50 years of studying the Word of God, if I'm correct on this, and I happen to, based on what I believe the Holy Spirit of God has led me to understand from Scripture, I believe that Jesus is going to come and call his bride home before the war of Ezekiel 38 and 39. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. In Matthew 24, verse 42, we're told to watch for the coming of Jesus. And, you know, I, I, I've done prophecy conferences all over America, traveled for 20 years with Dr. Tim LaHaye and Dr. Ed Heinsohn, as we did Left Behind conferences on prophecy based, you know, off of the Left Behind series and so mm-hmm. forth. And I always have people who say, well, you know, uh, we don't believe in a pre-trib rapture. Well, you cannot believe in it, but I want to talk about my Holy Ghost conviction about that, because what's going to happen is Jesus is going to take us out. That's going to be the green light for the Russian leader to launch this all-out attack to devastate and wipe out the nation of Israel. God is going to intervene through a great earthquake and destroy them, he says, on the mountains of Israel. And they're, they're going to be burning weapons of warfare for seven years, burying the dead for seven months. And so I think that, number one, when the believers are taken out of the world, who has been the supporter of Israel since its inception? And that's the American mm-hmm. Christians in America. Right. So we're gone now, okay? Nobody's left now to stand in the gap for Israel. And the Russian leader sees that and says, this is our opportunity to finish. The Jews, who's going to stand up for them? Nobody. So he launches the attack. But what's important about this is, this become, and I, comes, and I write about this in my latest book entitled The Event, The Dream of World Peace Realized. This becomes the launching pad for a man known as the Antichrist. Because with the chaos that will be created by millions of people missing instantaneously, and then all of a sudden a war where there's massive casualties, it's the perfect platform to him to step forward and say, I've got a plan for world peace, come and follow me. And the world does it. They go after him. And the result of that is a peace treaty that is signed in Daniel 9, verses 24 through verse 27, that will last, supposedly, the seven-year peace treaty that will ultimately be violated by the Antichrist in the middle of the peace treaty. But my point in bringing this up, Jim, is to simply say we're standing on the threshold of these events. But the question that I'm asking is, are people ready? Yeah, yeah. Do people understand? And they don't. You know, I travel, as I said, across America, and I'm always asking the question, how many of you believe Jesus is coming soon? Well, in the average church, you get almost 100% response. But I ask this second question, and that is, if you believe Jesus is coming soon, why do we live our lives as though we were not? Yes. And today, people are doing just that. Friends, we're going to take a quick break. Dr. Gary Frazier is with us here today on Crosstalk and uh, very much a, a speaker and writer on the subject of Bible prophecy, founder and president of Discovery Missions, and uh, talking today about uh, Israel. It's being targeted. It's in the crosshairs. And we'll be back in one minute. This is Crosstalk coming your way on the VCY American Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, where do secular scientists say the universe came from? You know, Chris, it sometimes tickles me when evolutionary scientists mock creation thinking for claiming that creation was ex nihilo, or out of nothing. But then they turn around and talk about the Big Bang, when a single speck of matter exploded to form all the stars and galaxies and planets and people. But, you might ask, where did that speck come from? Some scientists now say it appeared out of nothing as a quantum fluctuation in a vacuum. In other words, matter appeared from nothing, and then it exploded. Which would you rather believe, evolution ex nihilo or creation ex nihilo? At least in creation, we have a God that is powerful enough to accomplish the job. And that's the Back to Genesis perspective. Thank you, Dr. John. For more on the foundational principles set forth in Genesis, visit us on the web at icr.org. 
Dr. Gary Frazier, our guest here today on Crosstalk. Our topic, Target Israel, Israel in the Crosshairs. And uh, as Dr. Uh, Frazier was saying here, asking church, you know, uh, congregations, how many believe that the, the, that the Lord is coming soon and all those hands going up? But but what you found, Dr. Frazier, is that many are not living in light of Christ's return, that it could be today. Well, you know, so many people today, they, they really do think that Jesus is going to come someday. They just can't seem to get their mind around the fact that we are actually the terminal generation and that God has been setting the world stage for his soon return. And as these things are begin to pass, see, people don't realize that biblical prophecy is not like walking in a room <clears throat> and that is dark and flipping mm-hmm. a light switch on and going to daylight. God starts a process, and then incrementally over time, God fills in the blanks and sets the stage and for the order the, the, for the final consummation and fulfillment of biblical prophecy. And he's been doing this since 1948, which is why Israel won the War of Independence, won the Six-Day War, won the Yom Kippur War, has been into Lebanon on several different occasions since 2005. And so it's like God is looking at his creation and saying, you know, wake up. But let me say this, Jim, about that. The truth of the matter is, is that we have become an, uh, uh, an immoral culture in America. Mm-hmm. And so many of our churches today, I'm just going to say a, something here. I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm trying to be factual. The truth of the matter is we have so many buildings that are nothing more than social clubs or, an event or a site for people to go and enjoy uh, you know, music and so forth. And we have so many pastors today, and since I'm a former pastor, I'm going to say this, so many of our pastors today think they're rock stars and want to be treated accordingly. And the problem we have is is that we have moved away from preaching and teaching the inerrant, infallible Word of God and discipling people so that they have the wisdom to know what in the world is going on. Yes, and, and when we we look at how fast this is moving, Dr. Frazier, I mean, oh, yeah. we saw the invasion October 6th. Here we're just a, a few weeks past that, and how fast the world is quickly turning, uh, you know, against Israel. With the, the, the uprising on the university campuses, I, I saw some of the, uh, was it uh, uh, in one of the provinces of, of, of Russia there, uh, Dagestan, uh, the, at the yeah, airport, yeah. searching for Jews in order to, uh-huh. to kill them, the, the threats that are there. But it, it's coming increasingly. The Biden administration is being pressured, you know, to, to back away from from their support of Israel, and 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 we're seeing this this fervor that's happening, and supporters of of uh, and they're talking about the next election. How can we support somebody when you when you're sta- you know standing up for Israel and not standing up for you know we need to have Palestine be free? And I, I think we need to talk about this as well because uh, the people named Palestinians uh, in our culture here today. Arab nations do not want them. Egypt closed their door to them. Jordan closed the door to them. Why is that? Well, first of all, I made a comment, and I know it was shocking probably to some just uh, Sunday in the, a service that I was doing in Georgia. And I said, I, I want to be clear about something. I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a racist individual. I have tons of black friends, love them, many pastor friends. That's not the point. I want to make a historical point, and that is that blacks were treated terribly in America, and nobody wanted to have anything to do with them. I mean, whites wouldn't have anything to do with blacks. Now, unfortunately, in the Middle East, having been there over 150 times since 1971, the Palestinians are the quote-unquote blacks of the Middle East. Jordan won't let them come. They don't want them. The Egyptians shut the border down, and they've never wanted them. Uh, None of the countries want them. And, and, and they've been very isolated. Now, let me hasten to say this so I'm not misunderstood. Does God love the Palestinian people? Absolutely. Did Christ die for them? Absolutely. Are there some Palestinian people who are opposed to Hamas? Yes, there are. However, having said that, let me just say that to, uh, Thursday evening, this last Thursday evening, I was in the home of a friend of mine, and we had a guest there from Israel whom we've known for a number of years, an international lawyer, a confidant of B.B. Netanyahu, as well as other Israeli politicians. And anyway, we were talking, and something came up about the, my friend there and where he lived near a, a lot of houses and some tree area behind him. And he told us, told us, mentioned about this family of bobcats coming up on his patio from time to time and how cute they were and so forth and so on. And I made the comment, let me tell you, 
They may be cute, but remember one thing. They're bobcats. Mm-hmm. They're wild animals. And so here's what I'm going to say that may be offensive to some. I know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Muslims, okay? But let me say this. At the end of the day, they are Muslims. At the end of the day, they are going to go and do whatever the leadership tells them to. And may I remind people that the only way the box cutters got on the planes in 911 was because the Muslims worked at the airport and put them on the airplanes. So I'm sorry to say this. Are some Muslims here in America just because they want a better quality of life? And I'm sure there are some. But I want to tell you, at the end of the day, they will turn on Israel because they hate Israel. Now, let me make another comment, and that is this. Uh, the, the bottom line is the Palestinians and all Muslims, they don't really even know why they hate the Jews so much. So I'm going to tell you and tell our listeners exactly why the world hates the Jews. And here it is. The fact that there is a country called Israel and the fact that there are, is, are Jewish people is a testimony to the reality of a creator, God. And that is what is the cause of their hatred. The devil hates that. He's tried to destroy the Jewish people before. This is not the first time we've seen this. Right. And the bottom line is it's because it's a testimony that there is a God in heaven. Let me deviate for just a half a moment and say this. We just had another mass shooting in Lewis and Maine, as you all know. Every time we have a mass shooting, the first thing out of people's mouths is, this must not ever happen again. Well, let me just tell you, it's going to continue to happen unless and until we're willing to have an honest, open conversation about demonic possession and demonic influence. And until we're willing to do that, this is going to happen. But why can't we have that conversation? Because if we do, if we admit that there are, there's demonic oppression, then we at the same time, which means there's a devil, then at the same time we're going to have to admit if there's a devil, there's a God, and that is off the table. Wow. We can't have that conversation. Uh, let me ask you this, and I've heard people ask the question, how can you be in support of Israel when when they don't recognize Jesus as being the Son of God, when they have right turned question. their back on God? And, and, and Dr. Frazier, Tel Aviv, I, I was just looking here before the program, Tel Aviv, Israel is in the top 10 listing of the largest LGBT celebrations oh, in the world. Yes. Tell us totally. why you support Israel. Well, and you know what, that's a great question, and I'm going to answer it this way. We support Israel because God said to Genesis, in Genesis chapter 3, when he said to Abraham, he gave him a fourfold promise that he was going to give him a great, he was going to have a land, he was going to have a name, it's going to be a blessing. And he said this, whoever blesses you, him will I curse, whoever curses you, him will I curse. The dustbins of history are filled with the people who have tried to destroy the Jews. But here's the thing about it. The promise that God made to Abraham was an unconditional promise. Genesis it was 12. not made on the basis that I will do this if you do this. Genesis chapter 15, God swears by himself. Now that's really key for people to understand. And it had he swore by himself to give them this land for perpetuity. And that's really important to understand. It's not contingent upon whether the Jewish people are holy people, because they're not, any more than American people are holy. The bottom line is, is that it's, it's an unconditional promise. Some promises in the Bible are conditional. God says, if you do this, I'll do this. But not so when it comes to the promise that God made to Abraham through the line of Isaac and Jacob and so forth. And again, the promise is, this will be your land forever. And, uh, and so I don't support the Jewish people based on the fact that they're holy or, or whatever. I support them because God says we're to do that. Uh, I'd like you to also comment, and people have called into the program asking about uh, Revelation chapter 2 and 3 and the letters to the seven churches, in mm-hmm. two of the churches which says, uh, which, you know, they, they say they're Jews, but they're not Jews. Right. Well, there are many people, what they mean by that is, when you study the proper in context of that passage, they say they're Jews because they claim that they are by heritage Jews, but by their actions they are not Jews. That's a very simple, you know, understanding of Revelation chapters two and three when he makes that comment. Mm-hmm. So that is not an issue. We had a man just a couple of days ago. I got a call yesterday from a pastor of a local church here, and he said a man came to him after the service on Sunday when he was talking about, you know, standing with Israel and so forth. 
and he said, well, you know, we're, the church is the new Israel. Well, my, the pastor friend was wise enough to say, well, I think you've been talking to someone who has been espousing, uh, you know, replacement theology, which basically says that the church becomes, you know, the recipient of all the promises that God made to the Jews, and that's simply not so. In fact, I would go a step further and remind our listeners today that all end-time prophecy depends on Israel being in their land. God has done what he promised to do for the Jews, and and I'm going to tell you, soon he's going to do what he promised to do for the followers of Christ when he said, let not your hearts be troubled. Do you believe in God? Mm. Believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again, receive you to myself that where I am there you may be also. This is the, the blessed hope of the believers. This is the coming of Christ to take us to the Father's house where he's prepared a dwelling place for us for all eternity. Our listeners need to be reminded today that we're not ever going to die. We're going to live forever. That is, in our spirit, the body, yes, is going to pass away, but we're going to live either in heaven or hell, and we get to make that choice. And friends, that's an important choice, and uh, the Bible says today is the day of acceptance. Today is the day of salvation, and if if these world events that are unfolding so quickly before our eyes are not a wake-up call, not sure what it's going to take, because uh, Dr. Frazier, I mean, things are happening so very quickly. We're seeing that the nations, and, and we talked about a few of the nations. What other countries should we be keeping our eyes on at this time that are well, addressed in Ezekiel 38? Well, you know, in Ezekiel 38, in verse 5, not only do we mention Gog and Magog, or Russia of today, but verse 5, the very first country that's mentioned is Persia. And in 1935, Persia became the Islamic Republic of Iran. Then we have Kush, which is the Sudan. We have Put, which is the northern part of the continent of Africa, and not only includes Egypt, but more importantly, uh, we also have Tunisia, Morocco, Algeria, so forth and so on. You've got Gomer in there, which is Germany. You also have... Uh, Turkey, which is Betogama, which you mentioned Erdogan a moment ago, mm-hmm. who clearly is, is the enemy of of, uh, of Israel. And so these contingent of people, and I have friends who say, well, yeah, but why isn't uh, Jordan in Syria and Egypt or Lebanon mentioned in that passage? Well, the bottom line is the, it's a given that those enemies that encircle Israel, they're going to be a part of that. Uh, it was kind of unnecessary for God to even put that in there, because you would understand they're going to be a part of any attempt that can, anyone leads them to make that would end up in destruction of the Jewish people. So that said, but I want to go back. Please allow me, Jim, a moment to go back to, uh, to tell you what, this we're, idea. We, yes. we're, we're just 15 seconds from a break, so okay. uh, and I don't want to interrupt that thought. And uh, friends, if you would like to get on online, uh, as well here with our guest, Dr. Gary Frazier. Our phone number to Crosstalk is 800-733-9829. That's 1-800-733-9829. Your questions for Dr. Frazier today are, are welcome. And uh, we're going to hear that thought from Dr. Frazier after the break, so stay with us. By the way, his website, GaryFrazier.com, and you'll find the information about his free newsletter that is there and also his uh, books, uh, GaryFrazier.com. Back in a minute, you're listening to Crosstalk. Israel. It's only about the size of New Jersey, yet it makes headlines all over the world. Throughout history, many attempts have been made to annihilate the Jews. Threats continue today to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Yet none of these attempts have ever succeeded. In the book, Miracle of Israel, authors Gary Frazier and Jim Fletcher present the shocking, untold story of God's love for His people. The authors take you back to Israel past, focusing on God's promise to Abraham the entry into the promised land, and the message of the prophets. You'll read of Israel present, with events leading up to and including Israel becoming a nation. And you'll read of Israel's future, the Gog and Magog War, the Great Tribulation, and the Millennial Kingdom. Miracle of Israel is available for a donation of $17 or more when you call 1-800-729-9829.
You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Dr. Gary Frazier with us. Again, his website, GaryFrazier.com, and uh, you'll see a pop-up there for a free newsletter. Uh, staying up to date on uh, prophetic news and information, that's available there. He's got a number of resources there. Uh, you can also go to CrosstalkAmerica.com, and uh, you'll see a number of his books there. We've interviewed him concerning the miracle of Israel. Uh, it could happen tomorrow. Hell is for real. Uh, powerful interviews that we've had in the past here on Crosstalk on those topics. And uh, you can reach out to our switchboard here for those books at 800 729 Before we get to the phone calls, though, Dr. Frazier, we've got several people lining up here. Um, you, I had to interrupt your thought just before the break here, so uh, sure. go ahead and, and share what, the, what uh, is on your heart. Well, I just want to comment uh, concerning the confusion swirling around biblical prophecy today. So many people have chosen to simply ignore any prophetic teaching because it seems like no one knows what they're talking about. It's almost like Bible prophecy that God has presented it almost like a buffet. You kind of pick and choose. That is not the case at all. You see, there's pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, preterism, pre-rap. There's a number of different positions that different people hold. But here's what I can say. All of those positions, A, can't be correct. And B, on every major doctrine of Scripture, God has a single viewpoint. And so I just want to say that I'm a pre-trib person because the Bible commands in Matthew 24, verse 42, that I'm to watch for his coming. Well, pre-trib is the only position that is watching for for his coming. Every other position is watching for the Antichrist or the tribulation period to start or various other things. And so I'm just listening today, and I'm very passionate about this, because I believe the hour is late and Jesus is coming soon, Hmm. and, and I want people to know that they are going to spend eternity with Christ. And by the way, let me say this. The bottom line here is that God is going to deal with the Jewish people during the tribulation as to how they've rejected Jesus Christ. He's going to deal, deal with unbelieving Gentiles based on how not only they rejected Jesus, but on how they've treated Jews. And my prayer is, is that Jewish people would look heavenward during this conflict and realize that Jesus Christ is Yeshua HaMashiach, He's the true Messiah, and the same goes for Palestinians, that they would wake up and realize that their religion has done nothing for them, and to put their confidence and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave his life for them. Our phone lines are packed, so let's uh, get right to the calls here. Mark is calling from Monroe. Mark, you're on the air. Yeah, um, um, my comment is, uh, my conjecture is in regard to the church in the rapture prior to uh, Daniel's 70th week, is uh, since the church is not under condemnation, and at the same time, I do believe, you know, this is very uh, along the lines of uh, the Laodicean church, since its uh, effectiveness is lukewarm, both those reasons would seem to me all the the reason why the church would be removed. Hmm. Okay, thank you, Mark. Uh, Dr. Frazier, do you agree or disagree? Um... That, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Let's go to Ed in Spencer, Tennessee. Ed, you're on the air. Yes, hello. Do you do you believe that this war will lead to the destruction of Damascus, Damascus that uh, is in uh, Isaiah chapter 17? Turn on, turn on. Uh, Ed, it could very well do. Be, I mean, be that case because, as you know, Isaiah 17:1 says, "Damascus shall be no more." Uh, and it is the oldest continuously inhabited city on the face of the earth. But we also, and so let's just throw a, a plausible scenario out there. This situation from the north brings in Iran, Russia, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They're attacking Israel, and it may very well be that Israel would launch because they have nuclear power a nuclear weapon against Damascus in their in, de, in their own defense and blow it off the face of the map. So it's very possible. You know, we don't know that, but yes, that at some point, that is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Damascus will be no more. Thank you, Ed, for the call. Mike in Viroqua, Wisconsin, you're on the air. Uh, yeah, thanks for taking my call. Uh, one thing I never really understood after, you know, many years of study and all that, I never heard a good explanation of why God would uh, select, you know, give land to one nationality, not the other that seems like a ready-made problem from, you know, the beginning of uh, humans. It's like a 
know, a parent favoring one child against another. That's the whole thing after all these years. I, under, I agree what you're saying, but no one's ever really explained why, why would God do that, select one piece of land over okay. why, other nationalities? Wait, thank you for the question, Mike. Well, why, why does God favor Israel? Yeah, okay, so let me answer it this way, uh, Mike. <clears throat> God strategically placed the Jewish people uh, in that land because his intention was to affect <clears throat> the world and all the travel. Because you see, the Via Maris, that was a great ancient trade route, ran along the sea from uh, Asia Minor all the way to Egypt. Inland from that, across into Jordan today, is what's called the King's Highway, the second major trade route that would run all the way to the Persian Gulf. God put a monotheistic people in that land in order to infect people traveling to and fro in conversation and to let them know that there is one true God. Now, by the way, God promised uh, in Genesis 17, verse 11, 17 through 21, that he would also bless uh, Ishmael and his descendants, and he would make him great and make him a ruler of 12 nations. So the bottom line is uh, he has, in fact, done that. The Arab world has most of the oil in the world, but God is God. And he owns it all, and it's his, it's his business and his desire. He can, he can do what he wants to do, and he selected that land that land for them for a very specific person, purpose. The Arab world has had plenty of other land in which they could sell on, but don't buy into the law to the lie rather that this uh, land that Arabs have been on that land for a thousand years or more. That's simply not true. As recent as 200 years, they came up from the peninsula of Saudi Arabia, not only looking for work, but also for crops, grazing land, and so forth and so on. So there's been a lot of lies associated with this. There's a great book that's been written entitled From Time Immemorial by a lady by the name of Joan Peters who set out to write about the poor Palestinians, and she ended up writing one of the most incredible treatises on Israel's right to live in the land that God gave them. God chose what he wills. Yes. Thank you, Mike. Exactly. Let's go to Joy next, South Bay, Maryland. You're on the air. Yes, sir. The reason I'm calling is uh, I I remember hearing John Ankerberg talk about the Ezekiel 38, 38 to 39 more, and it talked about Turkey being of two nations, Gomer and Tagorma. Can you uh, exposit on, on that, please? Thank you. I don't, I don't think I understood what you were saying. Turkey, being, there are several, Tubal and Meshach were both, are both parts of what is Turkey today. In ancient times, they were slightly different, but they're now conglomerated into the one uh, country called Turkey. So I, I don't know if that's kind of what you were talking about or not. Yes, yes, sir. Great. Thank you okay. for the call. Marion, West Des Moines, Iowa, you're on the air. Okay. Hello. You're on the air, Mary. Please go ahead. Yes, thank you. Um, you know, you had mentioned uh, that um, Egypt and Assyria weren't in a particular text, and I, I thought about Isaiah 19, 23 to 25, and I don't have it in front of me right now, but it said that Syria and Egypt will go up to worship Israel. Um, yes, we're, this future. is talking about during, that's talking about during the millennial reign of Christ, the thousand-year period. So it's yeah. not it's not a reference to what I was re- making reference to, is that there are a number of different quote-unquote prophecy teachers today who teach that there is going to be a war prior to the Ezekiel 38-39 war that will only involve the near enemies of Israel, i.e. Lebanon, Syria, uh, Jordan, and, of course, Egypt, probably Iraq. But having said that, uh, I would disagree with that. And there, But their argument is, is that because those near enemies of Israel are not included in the Ezekiel 38-39 passage, that that's going to bring about a war that will result in Israel living in peace. Now, the tragedy with that is, and the, the problem with the understanding of that, is because of the fact that in Ezekiel 38-39, it talks about Israel living without gates and bars and, a, and being living in peace. The problem is, is that uh, Israel, uh, since 1948, has not been living behind gates and bars. They don't have. They did construct the wall to separate them from the terrorists a few years back. But having said that, the, the the idea that there would be a time of 
total complete peace without any threat of harm to them has has not existed and will never exist. And in fact, when you get into the Hebrew study, in this passage when it talks about living in safety, it's a Hebrew phrase, Yisrael Yashad Batak, and it does not have anything to do with shalom, the word of peace there. So it gets into a little bit of a study, and theologians like to debate this, but my position is, is that there's not going to be a separate war. It's going to be one. It will involve the near enemies of Israel, and that's what we're on the threshold of seeing take place. Well, thank you. Thank you, Mary, for your call from West Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, have a couple open lines here, 800-733-9829. Uh, Karen is next in Passaic, New Jersey. You're on the air. Yes. Um, are the Jews today descendants from the original 12 tribes of Israel, of Israel and if, if they are, why don't they look Middle Eastern? Well, first of all, you have to understand the Jewish people were scattered in 70 A.D. into all the nations of the world. And so as a result of that, we don't have any clear-cut lines anymore with regard to whether they're from the Ashkenazi line, which is primarily Eastern European, or the Sephardic line, which is primarily uh, Central and South America and so forth. But the bottom line here is is that this is a big discussion in Israel. For years they've been talking about who is a Jew. Well, you know, this lineage comes through the line of the mother, not the father, uh, in, in uh, Judaism. But having said all that, we don't know who is who exactly, but here's the key. God does. Hmm. God knows exactly who they are and where they are and what the condition of their heart is, and he's going to deal with them on that basis. Thank you for the call. Scott in Clarksburg, West Virginia, you're on the air. Yeah, I was wanting to comment on uh, the 50 years you spent as a student of the Bible. Uh, mm-hmm. So with, have you been in, like, you say God's put it on your heart to be pre-tribulation rapture, but uh, wasn't it the theologians that espoused that view uh, or formulated that view earlier in, like, the 1800s that put that in your heart? No, actually, actually, I'm sorry, uh Scott, but somebody's kind of misinformed you. Uh, they had the idea that this was a new idea of a pre-trib rapture uh, propagated by J.N. Darby in 1826, and that's simply not true. The founder of Brown University, Morgan Edwards, taught a pre-tribulation rapture back in his... He lived between 1722 and 1795, and as I said, he founded Brown University. He taught that in 438... I'm sorry, in 348 A.D., we have a 1,900-word sermon found in the library in Alexandria, Egypt, written by a man by the name of Pseudo-Ephraim, which clearly lays out a pre-trib rapture. So, no, I was not influenced by the people who try to say it's a new idea, because the bottom line is Martin Luther discovered the just shall live by faith. It was in the Bible all the time. It was not a new idea. And when the Reformers... Uh, you know, came out against the Catholic Church and and uh, and went to conflict in, in, into conflict with the Catholic Church and so forth. Their whole idea was justification by faith in, in Christ alone. They didn't really deal with biblical prophecy, but as time went on and as God was beginning to prepare the Jewish people for coming back into the land, people began to read and understand the Bible more clearly and see the two comings of Jesus yet to take place. So no, I was not influenced by... An idea, a new idea. Thank you, Scott. And uh, friends, we'll be back in one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. The truth is so offensive to people, even when it shows up in red. And that is blood. Blood red. All of us watch the horrors of what happened in Israel. And yet, A Jewish group, their billboard has been taken down in New Jersey because it spoke the truth. The billboard just simply said, do not be naive. Hamas will chop your head off too. And yet, after a hundred complaints, down comes the billboard. Americans do not want to hear the truth. Sadly, many, because of postmodernism, no longer believe in truth. And yet, anti-Semitism is rising. The other side is shouting from the rooftops, literally, and on bridges, and shutting down highways, pro-Hamas messages. And now Jews are being attacked and even trying to warn them, Hamas will kill you. And yet those billboards get pulled down. I'm Brandon House.
You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. The number today, 800-733-9829. Dr. Gary Frazier is with us. His website, GaryFrazier.com. And uh, you'll find uh, many helpful uh, books and materials there. Uh, newsletter as well, GaryFrazier.com. Uh, we also have uh, many of his materials here at uh, VCY. You can go to CrosstalkAmerica.com, click on the store, and you'll find those. It could happen tomorrow. Hell is for real. Miracle of Israel. Uh, you'll find those, and you can reach out to our switchboard at 800 729 9829. Let's go next to uh, uh, Cynthiana, Kentucky, and we have Evelyn calling. Hi, Evelyn, you're on the air. Hi. Um, Mr. Frazier said earlier some of the names of the countries mentioned in the Bible at the end times and their current names. That has always confused me. Could he just say that again? The countries that come against Israel in the end times, what are their current names? Like he mentioned Germany and David's name from the Bible. Could he just go over that again, please? Okay. So Dr. Frazier mentioned Persia to start with. For example, Magog, when you go to Genesis 10, the Table of Nations, you'll find Magog listed. But if you go back and look at, and just do a casual, you can do a casual search even on the Internet and come up with these various countries. But Russia is clearly the ancient, the capital, or rather the land that once was called Magog. Persia, in verse 5, is is Iran, uh, because in 1935 it became the Islamic Republic of Iran. And then we have Kush, which is Sudan, you have put the northern portion of Egypt, and so, I mean of uh, the continent of Africa, and so forth, and then and then you've got Gomer, which many consider that to be Germany. You've got the Togama, uh, which is uh, Turkey, and then Tubal and Meshach are both part of of it was part of. I mean, they were ancient territories in the time the scriptures were written twenty five hundred years ago, but today they're part of Turkey. Turkey is a much larger conglomerate now than it once was. So. The interesting thing about all the countries that are named there, though, today are Muslim countries, with the exception of Russia, although we're told 48% of the Russian military are Muslim. And so bottom line is, it is that's why we can say with historical accuracy that it's going to be a Russian-led Islamic invasion of Israel. Thank you for the call. Uh, we've got Rob next in Marshfield. You're on the air. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I heard earlier... Um, you talk about the idea of people throwing around that the church is the new Israel. That I don't believe that at all. No, the Jewish, the Jewish well, the people you don't always have been true. and always will be God's chosen people. The church is grafted in into that uh, through through mm-hmm. our relationship with Jesus and Himself being a Jew. Yeah, correct. You're right on, my brother. Thank you, Rob. Today, people are teaching replacement theology, and it's a satanic lie. Mm -hmm. The church does not take the place of Israel. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Mina in uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. You're on the air. Yes, hello. Um, Am I on the air? You're on the air. Wait, thank you so much. Um, I just wanted to say that um, more than half of Israel, of the Jewish citizens of Israel, are Jewish people who lived in countries throughout in Arab countries who never left, left the Middle East um, for hundreds of years. So the lady who said that Israelis don't look Middle Eastern, I was married to one of them. He was a Jewish man from Baghdad, Iraq, and he left his home um, because he, his life was threatened. Um, they were killing Jews in Baghdad, and he was forced to leave. And um, he, trust me, they look Middle East. Uh, Mina, thank you very much for bringing that up. I didn't comment on that when they said that a moment ago, just because we had we were under kind of a time pressure. But let me just say this: my chief, one, many of my friends in the Middle East, one of my closest friends, who was also one of our chief guides that worked with us with groups, was from Iran. We know we have Jewish friends that their families are from Iraq, from Sudan, from all, all over. And I will tell you, there is a very strong Middle Eastern look. In fact. When you look today at many of the Jewish people standing beside a Palestinian person, you wouldn't know the difference unless you, unless you knew what their names were. But having said that, remember, everyone who lived in that land was called a Palestinian until 1948 because the name was changed from Israel to Syria-Palestinian in 135 A.D. by Hadrian, the Roman emperor. And so 
There was never been, there's never been a Palestinian country or a Palestinian state, only a name given to it by the, by the Romans. And yes, there is a very strong physical resemblance. Thank you for that. Thank you for the call. And we're going to squeeze one last call in. This is uh, Joe from South Point, Ohio. You're on the air. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, yes. Um, I had the uh, thought, talked to my son about it the other day. I'm a born-again Christian. The uh, country of Israel, uh, with this war, uh, I'm 70. I've never seen anything like this before. Um, we know that the uh, Israelites have already built and formed parts of the temple and have got all of the temple worship and the red heifers. Everything's in place. Um, I brought this thought up to my son, uh, and maybe you've thought about this. Maybe you haven't. Maybe just a random thought. Very but, quickly, uh, please. We're almost out of time. Okay. Um, the fact that um, a stray missile could hit the dome of the rock, and then that would be the launch of the third temple being built. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, just say real quickly, the temple, the dome of the rock is going to be destroyed by the great earthquake in Ezekiel 39. There's no, it's not going to be attributed to another country. God himself is going to wipe it out. Uh, so it's not going to be, I, I, I would disagree with that idea. I mean, in, you know, so that's just my opinion on it. But thanks for your call. Thank you for the call here. We're out of time for further calls. Uh, Dr. Frazier, we got uh, 45 seconds. What do you want to leave with the listeners here today? Well, I just want to remind people that they get to choose where they're going to spend eternity. And Jesus is coming. The stage is set. Whether it's today, tomorrow, next week, next month, we don't have any idea, but we do know he's going to make good on his promise as he has done over and over and over mm-hmm. again. He's a promise-keeping God. And I will tell you, if there's ever been a time when people need to step back and evaluate their relationship with the Creator and understand that Christ died for them, now is the time. And I'll tell you why. Because when things begin to happen, they'll happen so fast, you don't have time to consider it. You either are ready or you're not ready. And it's as simple as that. Wow. Dr. Frazier, thank you for being with us today. Dr. Thank you. Dr. Gary Frazier and uh, friends, his website is GaryFrazier.com. GaryFrazier.com. And sign up for a newsletter. A lot, number of resources are available there as well. But just as Jesus, uh, you know, was so faithful in fulfilling the promises of the first coming, and uh, friends, we can trust God's word 100% complete that he is also going to fulfill the promises of his second coming as well. God bless you, folks. Thanks so much for joining us today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208, or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.